This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And the goal that we have is to give some really, really good information to everybody so all of you can make really good, informed decisions. What happened 10, 12 years ago, we don't want that to ever happen again because this time people are going to be dialed in and know the right things to do and the wrong things to do. And But most of all, to have an appreciation for where you live. Maybe that was missing 10 or 12 years ago. Maybe if there was more appreciation for the home that you were in, there fewer people would have walked away. One of the reasons this is the most informative talk show is because we have the ability and the connections to get fantastic guests into the studio here. And they're not always realtors. They're not always lenders. In fact, today we have Andy Hosler, who is the Community and Economic Development Director for the City of Clovis. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And I got to tell our listeners, uh, the way I came into contact with Andy is a few months ago, somebody, a a constant listener, texted me and said, you got to get this guy on. She had heard you speak at some forum and said you were the best. So God, now you got pressure on you, Andy. Yeah, that's a high standard. <laughs> okay. But anyway, just being from the city of Clovis and doing what you do, it's going to make this a, a interesting show. But tell us, what do you do as a community and economic development director that what's behind the scenes that, that mm-hmm. we can read into or not read into from your title? Yeah, so I get that question a lot. What in the world does a community and economic development director do? Uh, I've worked for the city for 13 years, and uh, my main role is economic development and managing our affordable housing programs. Uh, That role uh, includes a wide variety of things, and really it comes down to selling the city to the development community to come in and build out what we've planned for, which is homes, uh, commercial development, job growth, and industrial development. Excellent. And I, just from seeing the uh, Clovis, there's a lot happening there. I mean, there, it it seems like a vibrant community. Yeah, Clovis is growing right now. Uh, in fact, we're the second fastest growing city in the state population-wise of populations of over 100,000 people. Wow. So the growth is happening in Clovis. Um, it's been exciting to see it happen. It's not only in the rooftops and new houses coming in, but it's also our commercial development is off the charts. We're seeing 200, 300, 400% increases in commercial activity in the city. If I could make a comment, I think one reason why is you guys have a welcome mat out there. Yeah. You know, we try really hard to partner with the development community, commercial and residential, because we know that that's who actually builds our community. We have these plans that the community has come together and agreed upon as how we want to grow going forward, and the development community are the ones that actually make it happen. So we do everything we can to encourage that. And I'm going to have a lot of questions for you on um, as we go throughout the show on uh, what there's been a few changes in the growth of Clovis and how much of that comes from the state, how much of it comes internally sure. from your city. 
Um, for example, don't answer it yet, but one of them is going to be, how did we go from 9,000 square foot lots down to 3,000, a third of that? Um, so the questions like that will come up and, and how it affects home building. But I do want to make this comment. Sometime back, we one of your city council members was here on the show, and I couldn't believe a statistic that she gave. But it tells a lot about why the difference between Clovis and Fresno. In, in 1950, she said the population of Clovis was only 2,000 people. I mean, that, and now you're over 100,000, so you've grown 50 times that. And that shows you why Clovis is so much newer than Fresno. Yeah, much of our development didn't really start until the 80s and 90s. So a lot of our neighborhoods are newer than a lot of other communities in the valley. What do you attribute that big growth to? Uh, I think our school system uh, really you know, built and became excellent, and that attracted people into the area. And our public safety always has been strong, but that's really valued, and that's attracted people to Clovis. Those are the two things I hear a lot. As a realtor, I can't give you any statistics that say, oh, well, you know, you have the police force has this amount of response time compared to that. But I can tell you that what people ask for, and, and those are the two biggest things, is schools and safety is what draws people to Clovis. I'm going to add a third thing, though, that you guys do a great thing on, and that's events. Yeah. Our events are super popular, something that's where we have a lot of pride in. Our old town has become a host to the entire region for a lot of fun things that go on throughout the year. Almost every weekend something's going on, whether it's a street festival or the rodeo or maybe an antique fair. There are all kinds of things going on all the time, which makes it just a fun place to be and to have pride in. And I understand for the first time, Suds in the City is going to be there in uh, Clovis. Yeah, they're working on coming into Clovis and doing their event at our Centennial Plaza. Excellent. Um, and that Suds in the City is put on by One Putt Broadcasting, who owns this station. Yeah. So I guess that was a little backdoor plug <laughs> for Suds in the City <laughs> and, and why to go. Um, so... Uh, Jobs and housing, in how do you see the relationship there? And let me give you an example. I see that in the San Jose area, they created tons and tons of new jobs, but not housing. And so it's so out of proportion there now. How do you keep that in balance? Well, for a long time, Clovis had more housing than jobs. Uh, we were a place of you know, people chose to come to to live in their homes, and they would commute to elsewhere in the valley to work. And, you know, that spoke to the desirability to live in Clovis. Mm -hmm. um, but we've been trying really hard to develop our job base to kind of match our housing. And as an employer, it's important that your staff, your employees have a place to live and want to be and have a high quality of life so that they'll stay with you and not have high turnover and move away. So Clovis offers something, and, you know, the whole market really, that is affordable housing in comparison to the salaries paid in this area. So how does the city create jobs? Uh, the city does not create jobs. Uh, the private sector creates them. Uh, what we do is set the table to allow the private sector to come in and uh, either create wealth and value through what they provide to the market, whether it's here locally or something that's being exported to other places in California or even the world. Mm-hmm. 
Um, now, I understand a, a kind of a growing area for jobs is the Dry Creek Business Park. Um, so tell us about that and where it is and what it is. Yeah, so the Dry Creek Business Park is just north of Herndon Avenue and to the west of Freeway 168. Uh, that area is an industrial park that allows for businesses such as uh, manufacturers as well as professional firms such as accountants to come in and be in a building uh, in a very nice area. You know, it's close to great parks and schools and homes. So and transportation. Have, and right by the transportation system, Herndon and 168 are huge corridors for the area. And it's all new. The city was able to essentially use some grant funding to put in some of the infrastructure out there to encourage and match the investment of the private sector to build some of these uh, warehouses and office buildings that are going up. And, of course, I see that a lot as I walk along Dry Creek Trail. So you guys have done a good job, too, of creating some recreation trails and parks. Yeah, the trails are a huge asset. And uh, Dry Creek Business Park is well-positioned to take advantage of that. If you can live in a great neighborhood right down the street or right down the trail from the Dry Creek Business Park near a great school, great public safety, and be able to walk or ride your bike to work, you know, that's a pretty uh, unique uh, experience and something that people really enjoy. I didn't think about that. That's a good one, Andy. Yeah, take the Dry Creek Trail, ride your bike to work. Yeah. Uh, even if you live out by the airport, um, you could easily do that. Yep be there in 10 minutes yeah it's it's a pretty sweet little spot but we have several other business parks that are really active as well right now and it's been fun to see those get developed and where are those at uh we have the research and technology park which is just north of the hospital at temperance on 168 uh there's active development in that area we also have active redevelopment of what people know as the old pelco park the it's the Clovis Industrial Park is the mm -hmm. name for it. And then we have development interest at Dakota and Clovis Avenue in that park as well. So we're hitting all cylinders on some of this job growth. Um, where do you go to tr attract pe uh, people to uh, build a business in Clovis? Do you have a uh, – do you outreach to other communities? Uh, it depends on the type of business. We go to where they're at. Uh, mm. A lot of the business growth here is local business. So getting to know some of the local business owners and understanding their expansion needs, their dreams, their desires, what they need, and then plugging them into the right spot and showing them opportunities where they could achieve those dreams in Clovis. And we work really hard to have those relationships. We also travel to trade shows where some of the larger industrial and national brand retailers are and talk to them about the opportunities in Clovis and what's going on. And then we'll host them in town and show them what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, and make sure you have them out here on a Friday night so they can walk uh, Old Town Clovis and yeah. see the farmer's market. Yeah, the quality of life is something that we love to show off. All right. Well, stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio. We are going to go to our first commercial break, but stay tuned to 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio with us today, we have Andy Hosler, who is the uh, Community and Econom Economic Development Director. That's a lot of syllables. It's a long title. Don't you have an acronym you can go with? Yeah, know. it is. Just Andy, right? Yeah, just Andy. <laughs> All right. So 
Tell us about Clovis. What are some facts about it? Uh, so I'll go back a little bit. When I started the city about 13 years ago, the population was in the 80,000s. Now we're 117,000. You know, we've seen some really robust growth, and joining the 100,000 club of cities in California has been a big deal for us. Um, we've added 8,000 jobs over the last six years or so since 2013, going from about 28,000, which was kind of the trough of the leftover recession job-wise, and now we're up to about 36,000 jobs. Uh, you know, those are things that we're really proud of. And we're building more houses uh, than most cities in the valley. Typically, our 25-year average is a 720 or 750 homes. Right now, we're at about 1,100 a year the last few years. Wow. Okay, that's an interesting fact because as I go to the state meetings for the realtors and we talk housing um, and we know that the state legislature is really out there saying, hey, you guys, you've got to build more. That Governor Newsom wants to build 3.5 million more homes in the next so many years and we have been as a state we have been underbuilding dramatically not even coming close to meeting the housing needs but here we are in clovis and you're up yeah the general plan for the city of clovis really set the table for this growth to happen and that plan was put in place back in the 90s and has been updated subsequently uh, most recently in 2014 and that really allowed for development to come in and develop in the community and develop quickly. So we have been set up well to develop the various types of housing. So I think part of that general plan included uh, or kind of a key element, if I'm correct here, it would have been creating some development such as is Loma Linda. Or Loma Vista. Loma Vista. I'm sorry. Yeah. Loma Linda is down south in the San Bernardino area. <laughs> your, your general plan didn't stretch that far, right? No, no, we didn't quite go that far. Okay, Loma Vista. So what is this Loma Vista community? So when the residents got together to talk through the general plan updates, one of the things that was desired was to make Clovis's smaller town feel. And one way we could get at that was developing smaller communities within Clovis. And Loma Vista was really the first uh, effort at that. It's out by Clovis East High School and includes uh, quite a bit of rooftops, both a variety of types from single family to you know apartments, multifamily, and a commercial center, a small business park, and a town center similar to Old Town that would provide for a place to people can come and connect and be part of the Clovis community and not feel like they're just in a, a suburban area. So it's not like they'd have to drive all the way downtown. You're creating a town center. A town center with walkable trails, uh, great access to it. People could really interact with each other and get to know their community and people that live there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there are a lot of trails in Clovis. So Yeah, the trails are highly valued and uh, people really cherish them. The only problem is that there's this one bicyclist that just speeds there, Nathan Magzig. <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep up with him. He was here, and he was telling us how he just loves to ride his bike on those trails. Yep. So, yep. All right. Um, and now you have a new one going up north, right? Tell, tell yeah, us Heritage about Grove is our next urban center. That's up north of Shepherd and to the east of Willow Avenue, all the way up to International. That area is planned to house about 10,000 homes, residences, 
30,000 people at build-out. And it also includes uh, job-generating areas, commercial areas, uh, business park, and uh, schools, et cetera. You know, full entire enclosed community with the trail systems and parks and everything. Could this impact Old Town Clovis, which is so vibrant right now, um, if you have these outlying community centers? Oh, we don't see a huge impact to Old Town Clovis coming. If anything, Old Town Clovis is super busy, and this may provide opportunities for groups that want to come in and do something in a similar setting, but somewhere else in Clovis, because right now we can't accommodate everything that people want to do in Old Town. So you mentioned that back in the 90s, you established a a, a general plan, and um, uh, there was public hearings, and so you took a lot of input from the public, is yeah, that right? Yeah, there's uh, quite a bit of public input during a general plan update. Usually there's a citizen committee that's uh, brought together that council appoints, and they review everything, uh, provide input, feedback, ideas. Staff takes that and incorporates it, and then there's actually a public hearing process where people come and can provide comments, uh, lots of outreach. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're building a lot. In in Clovis, but I understand the state is still not happy, and saying, "Hey, you guys are not meeting your housing element. How could that be when we're we're way above average, and certainly building more than Ventura, Santa Barbara, Monterey? So, how does that work?" So the the state uh, recently, relatively recently, uh, recertified our housing element, which means we're fully compliant with state law, and mm-hmm. we're uh, good to go in relation to that. But there was a question about how we could accommodate uh, extra u- additional housing units in Clovis beyond what we had planned for. Uh, the state had provided a number that we had to accommodate for, and it had to be of certain density levels. And we hadn't quite figured that out yet. It was a big challenge for us to figure that out. But we went to council uh, earlier this year or late last year and came up with a solution that got approved and passed and approved by the state. So is this how we went from 9,000 square foot lot minimums down to, what? what is the minimum now? Well, for a single family, yeah. uh, usually it's about 3,500, I think, okay. is what I see pretty often. Uh, some of that's market driven. Uh, there seems to be a, a real big interest in smaller lot development that doesn't require a lot of maintenance. Um, they're great homes for various phases of life, and they've been selling well in Clovis. So the market has been driving that uh, to some degree. Another is is the state is saying we need to develop denser and more sustainably, and we had to push that into our general plans in order to meet state law. Mm-hmm. So on the single-family side, there's those developments. Plus we have higher-density multifamily land zoning as well in order to accommodate more units on the same amount of land. Um, compared to, you know, 20, 30 years ago. 20, 30 years ago, I have to admit, that had to be hard on the cities to have maybe only being able to build three or four homes per acre because the lot sizes were so big. But that was the market. That's what the market wanted. Uh, But uh, giving city services to such an expansive area had to be tough. Yeah, there's there's benefits to growing denser as well as it being more spread out. And it's, it's a challenge either way for a city to figure out how to serve those areas. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that Fresno is growing to the east also. What, where is the divide dividing line there? 
Typically, it's the Gould Canal on the south end. It's roughly Ashland and Dakota, in between Ashland and Dakota, that area. Mm-hmm. Um, so it bounces around based on the Gould Canal and a few other things. Okay. So look for the water. and Yeah, th- that's pretty what, much. And, of course, from a realtor side, the best way to, to know the difference, whether you're in Clovis or Fresno, is the brown signs versus the uh, green city signs or street signs for Fresno. Yeah, you'll see our logo hanging up there. Okay. Um, all right. So going back to the home building part, um, do you see more and more higher density building taking place, even at Heritage Grove? Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, Heritage Grove uh, you know, has dense housing out there. Uh, it's lots of multifamily uh, at 20, 30, 35 units to the acre uh, in that area. We have single family that are also you know, up to 15 units to the acre. Um, we also have planned for lower density things that are on the edge adjacent to some of the rural residential to provide a nice buffer in between some of the higher density, more intense uses in the area in relation to our county um, friends in the unincorporated areas so okay here's a not a fact but a question what's clovis going to look like in the year 2030 as far as building uh, we're seeing our first projects come out of the ground in heritage grove lennar's building a subdivision out there so i think we'll continue to see houses pushing north of shepherd um, they're actually grading right now in that area uh, we'll probably see some commercial development out in that area as well some retail and or office uses out in that area. Loma Vista with the other growth area, which is on the southeast portion of the city out by Clovis East High School. Uh, that area will see commercial development. There's already some underway right now, as well as multifamily coming into that area at a pretty robust rate, filling in our, kind of our urban center in that area. So Loma Vista is not completed or, or near the end. It, it, it's got a lot of room to grow? It's about 70% uh, built right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're starting to see a lot of demand for the multifamily product out there, and that's starting to come along, which is exciting to see, and the commercial growth out there. We're getting a Starbucks. Everyone's super excited about the Starbucks and the community out there because they can walk to it on the trail system, so it'll be yeah. fun. Yeah, the the one Starbucks I go to out there in Clovis, the lines are extremely long. They obviously need another one. <laughs> you can always use another Starbucks. It seems that. Why not? All right. Well, with that, we are going to go to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio, we have Andy Hosler from the city of Clovis and... I've heard a long time ago, any good city takes care of, they do their best to take, help take care of their, their citizens. So I know there's some good programs out there that the city offers, because I was recently at a, um, uh, an event where the mayor, Mayor Flores, spoke and, and talked a lot about uh, programs that uh, for affordable housing, for revitalization of an individual's home. Let's start off with that one. Um, I think you have a program that helps somebody in need of, of rehabbing their home. 
Yeah, we have several programs. And one thing that I love is that our council has enabled us as staff to really love and care for our residents. And it's a pretty sweet position to be in, to come alongside someone that's truly in need to address a housing health and safety issue that they have. So there's two programs that we offer for uh, have rehabilitation repairs. One is a grant program. Uh, that grant program provides uh, $4,500, up to $4,500 to do an emergency health and safety repair on a low-income family's home. And uh, the other is a loan program where you can get a loan to do more significant repairs, but also has to be health and safety related. So on the grant program, to go up to 4500 for emergency repairs, what would that be a plumbing break? or? Yeah, the things we typically see in this area are leaking roofs. Uh, we also see air conditioners going out, water heaters going out, uh, a plumbing issue. Uh, maybe the electrical has failed in the home. Uh, these are available for both mobile homes and uh, traditional homes in the Clovis for owner-occupants. And sometimes someone's stuck in a spot where they don't have air conditioning and in the valley. You know, that's that's critical, especially for a lot of our older members of our community. Mm-hmm. So do they have to be the homeowner? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if they're a tenant, they... Ten- that's a responsibility of the... We still encourage people to call if they have that issue, if they are a tenant. And we can work with the owner of the home, of the rental, to make those improvements. So to get one of these grants, what's the timeline? So somebody calls you and says, hey, Andy, my water heater's out, and I don't have the money yeah. to so do this. Depending on how critical the issue is, there have been cases where we've been able to turn around in less than a few days and have the repair done. Um, that's done. due to a partnership with Habitat for Humanity, the Fresno mm-hmm. area. And they've been great in helping us manage contractors to come in on a moment's notice to get some of this work done that's critical for someone that's a health and safety issue. Some others, like a roof, um, you know, well, it'll take, it can take two weeks, a month, something like that. Yeah. But we, we, especially in August. Right, right. <laughs> so unless we're in the rainy season, you know, but if someone does have a critical issue, their AC is out or they don't have hot water, their stove is broken. Etc. Those types of things we try to jump on right away. Now, on the loan program, what what are the limits on that? Uh, the loan program is sixty thousand dollars loan. It's typically a low interest uh, deferred payment, maybe zero percent interest, depending on the funding source that we're using. That a household can use to make major repairs to a home. Say you have a roof that's going to cost sixteen thousand dollars to replace, or an HVAC system that's you know much more expensive. Are there particular contractors that have to be used to, to go on one, either the grant program or the loan program? You know, the contractors have to be vetted through us, provide us insurance. We check their licensing, everything, and they get essentially put on a list to provide bids. Oh, okay, so you have a list of vendors to give to the, pe- the people, but do they get to pick who they use? They do. They're involved in the selection process. Okay. What if somebody wants to upgrade? Um, yeah, this program isn't for upgrading. It's truly for health and safety repairs, and that's defined by the, the grant sources that we use the funding from. So if you don't like the tile on your kitchen counter, this isn't going to work for you. Uh, um, you know, it's, it's more of like my house is no longer functioning and how it should provide me the basic needs. Um, how about going from evaporative cooling to air conditioning? Um, because I grew up with an evaporative cooler. Um, we all sweated through it, <laughs> yeah. but we made it. Um, is that considered a 
if, if the evaporative cooler is not working, mm-hmm. if it's not providing uh, you know temperature controlled to the home, uh, we can come in and provide HVAC upgrades or to whatever's the latest and greatest. Mm-hmm. So, but there are also programs that the EOC provides for weatherization and that if energy efficiency programs that we can connect people to. We just don't operate them directly. Okay. So there's a lot more that can be done other than just yeah. switching from evaporative to to AC. Sure. And one good resource is if you go to the City of Clovis's website and click on affordable housing, and if you're a homeowner, there's a box to click, and it'll go through some of our partner programs mm-hmm. that could be available to you. So um, how much time is given to pay back this loan? So the loan is uh, 30 years. And essentially, you don't have to make any payments until you either sell the house or you rent it out or you're no longer the owner-occupant. Okay. So, But at 30 years, it does trigger. Mm-hmm. Tell me now about the affordable housing portion of this. So the affordable housing. So in order to be eligible, you have to make less than 80% of the median income based on your household size. And what is the median? So for like that? a household of four, you pretty much need to build a be below 42,000 a year of your whole entire household income. Is the 42,000 the 80% or yes. Is, oh, okay. Yes. And, and then um, how does that help you buy a home? So we also have programs for down payment assistance mm-hmm. um, that provide families that are looking to become first time home buyers uh, a loan to purchase their first home. Mm-hmm. And that's a similar loan where it's low interest. Those ones are about 3% typically. And they actually drop in interest the longer they stay in the home. But the payment is deferred until you either rent the home out or sell the home. And Mm -hmm. you can pick any home in town um, as long as it's underneath a few different caps, um, limits on purchase price, that kind of thing. And uh, work with your realtor to find a home that works for you. Okay. So they would um, um, get a mortgage through a, a, a regular mortgage source. Just that the down right. payment is coming through through the city. Yeah. So let's just work through like an example. Um, if say a family with based on their income could afford a hundred thousand dollars worth of a mortgage, but the homes that you know, aren't anything isn't anything available in the market in that price range. Well, we could provide say a fifty thousand dollar down payment assistance loan that would get paid back to the city when you sell it someday uh, to help you get into that home and start building equity and and provide a stable home for your family. Okay, so you're not just giving a down payment of the minimum like to get a FHA loan, but you'll give up to 50,000, yeah. which helps close the gap between affordability and attainability. Right. So, our goal is to see a household's a household not spend more than 30% of their gross income on housing. And these grant sources require that as well. So, if we can go up higher than the typical 3% down payment or 20% down payment. We can go up to 50% of the purchase price in order to help get it there. There are parameters on that that we can work through, and you're also required to be able to get a first mortgage, have good credit, um, you know, not have too much other debt to be dealing with to make sure you're set up for success. We do require families to go through uh, homeownership training, first-time homebuyer training as well. So you have classes for this. Yeah, we partner with Self-Help Enterprises and several other entities in town that offer those. You might want to consider the Fresno Association of Realtors in that group. Uh, We have a lot of people that would be willing to help out as far as teaching. 
And one of the classes that is eligible on the list is the Community Housing Council, which the Association of Realtors is heavily involved with. Oh, yeah. 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 That's a good group. In fact, I finally gave in. I joined them. Um, it was only like $50. It's like, why have I been putting off all these years? It certainly wasn't for the $50, but yeah. I'm now a proud member of the Community Housing Council. Yeah. And then, so we also offer programs for new development homes. Uh, Habitat for Humanity builds homes in Clovis. Self-Help Enterprises has built homes in Clovis, along with other not-for-profits. And when those opportunities come along, we provide notice to people that are on our waiting list. We only have so much money available for, like, our down payment assistance. We just got a new round of money that should become available in December. But if people are on our interest list, we'll let people know if there's opportunities. I just thought about this. This is probably part of your job or somebody in your department going out and finding money. Uh, the the grants from yeah. the states, the nonprofits. Yeah, we, we go after aggressively any funding available, whether it's federal, state, or other sources, mm-hmm. to provide these opportunities. God, that can't be an easy job. No, it used to be mine, so I, oh. I know it intimately. <laughs> <laughs> so what was not so easy about it being it used to be yours? It's heavy, heavily regulated. There's a myriad of rules to make sure the money funding is being spent appropriately, uh, following all the requirements. And, you know, it, there's a lot to, to manage, let alone just implementing the programs themselves. Any real estate transaction, as you know, is not simple. No. <laughs> That's why it takes a professional to get it done. So, um, all right. So any other programs that we should be talking about? Um, we, we've gone through the affordable housing programs, the revitalization anything else out there so well in general for homeowners i would look at any kind of energy efficiency programs uh-huh. pg&e has programs the fresno county economic development um sorry eoc has programs for energy efficiency for lower income families there's also solar programs for uh, through grid alternatives uh, another local partner so if you have a need i would check out our website there's a lot of resources there. You mentioned Grid, good buddy of mine, Thomas Squeda. Yeah, yeah, he he runs that, and uh, he's been here in that same seat you're in before. Yeah, and Grid did the first their first project in Clovis, in this area. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, with that, we're going to go to our next commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN on your digital dial. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, with Andy Hosler from the city of Clovis. And so being we have someone here from Clovis, knows Clovis very well, I want to ask you, for our listeners' benefit, why Clovis? Why should somebody live there, work there, go there? Clovis is a great place to come, raise your family, to reach your full potential as an individual, whatever your family looks like. There's incredible public services, a great amount of pride in our community. It's a place that you can come and access schools, great public safety, great venues for community events, and really become part of a community. Now, you don't have a Disneyland in Clovis, but you're so close to everything else. In fact, I did this when I was younger, living here in this area. Um, Went snow skiing in the morning and body surfing in the ocean in the afternoon. Where else can you do that and and still live in a nice place? Yeah, just this last week, I was uh, rock climbing in Yosemite, and the next day I was surfing in Santa Cruz. 
So uh, you know, it's a pretty unique uh, opportunity. We have world-class areas around us. I mean, people come from all over the world to go to Yosemite, to Kings Canyon. Those areas are within hour, hour and a half of our homes. And then on the other side, you're at world-class Monterey Bay or other parts of the coast that people come from all over the world to enjoy. Yeah, yeah. And, and somebody was saying, oh, but the heat there is so bad. You get over 100 degrees. And I told him, hey, it's not that bad. It's dry heat. Try try Baltimore <laughs> when it's only 90 degrees. Yeah, I lived the, in Washington, D.C. for a little bit and got to know humidity. And oh. this heat is much more tolerable. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, my first day of experiencing humidity, I was in San Antonio, Texas when I was 18. I had no idea what was coming at me. It's like, dang, I know I took a shower earlier. You know, why, why am I feeling so bad? And the great news is you can run up the hill uh, to get away from the heat or over to the coast pretty quick. Yeah, all in a one-day trip. Uh, my wife and I did that last weekend. We went to Yosemite just for the day and uh, didn't, didn't even have to wake up early. Sleep in, then take off. Yeah, pretty sweet spot. Um, so... Business-wise, why why should somebody move their business to Clovis? So, and this is a bit of a promo, but I'm asking you, yeah. so it's not. It's I, I'm curious. <laughs> well, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. So Clovis is set up to welcome businesses in. We work extremely hard as staff to partner with you and view you as a partner in our community's growth and vibrancy. So you're going to get an extreme amount of welcome, maybe even too much to some degree. Uh, the staff is ready and willing to make your business dreams happen in Clovis. On top of that, we're a lower cost area in the state of California, but you have access to world-class markets. Mm. You're three hours from the San Francisco Bay Area, three hours to the LA Basin, and huge population numbers and opportunity for your business. I, I'd like to... Uh confirm what you said about your setup to help businesses so this past year i sold a piece of bear land industrial land to a client uh, and i told me it's going to be really important to know that you can do the city will let you do what you intend to do i wanted to make sure his thoughts and and his what he could do were in alignment i said the best way to do that is let's go down to the city and just ask him questions now, I wasn't looking forward to this. I thought it would take forever, and I thought we wouldn't get many answers. That was the most pleasant experience. We parked, walked in there. I think we were totally done in 20 minutes, and every question we got was answered, and it was like, yeah, this is good. Do what you want to do because it fits with the zoning. It fits with the general plan, and um, it was a very good experience. No, our, our staff is completely on board and not siloed. We're all working together to make it happen for business owners. It's very hard to grow your business, and we recognize that. We wouldn't want to be a hurdle. Yeah, because that, that's a complaint of many developers, builders, is that, hey, a city gets in the way. Um, they make more restrictions. In fact, this week I was reading an article about how California has three times as many building regulations as other states. So it that's an impediment to building. Yeah, so what Clovis can do is make it as easy as possible. Uh, you know, we, we're in the state. We have to deal with those regulations. But if we become experts in those and provide guidance to businesses on how to navigate through it and make sure that we're not getting in the way as well is one of our goals, and it's been productive. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I know a, a pretty big builder here in town who said he loves building in Clovis because you guys work with him. Yeah, it's a partnership. And, you know, the builders, developers, uh, investors, we see them as key partners in our growth. Okay, now I'm going to go a little bit on the negative side here. Is it, uh, negative in code enforcement. Um, if somebody is not keeping up their home, grass is grown too high, uh, cars parked on the lawn, what happens in the city of Clovis? Uh, we have a code enforcement team. They enforce our laws, our ordinances. And if you are not kind of meeting the city standards, you will be talked to, and, and there is a citation process. Um, we take pride in our community, every part of it, uh, and expect people to take pride in their property as well. And, you know, that I'm glad you're saying that. A few weeks ago, I did a little commentary on this show about how here in the Central Valley, we need to step up our game as far as taking pride in, in your home. And whether you own the home or you rent the home, it's your home. Take pride in it. Keep the, the lawn down. Even if you're, it's, it's only out of respect for your neighbors, you know, uh, yeah. makes a good neighborhood. Yeah, you know, the, how a neighborhood looks, a business park looks, uh, industrial area, office area, you know, that's important and uh, something that we take pride in. And when you come to Clovis, you know that your investment will be protected because people are taking care of their properties. So what does a resident do when they look down the street and here's cars parked on the lawn, unkept yard, dead lawn? What what should they do? How how do they go about so it? There's two ways that they can basically submit uh, uh, a complaint or an issue that they see. You can go into our website. There's an app that you can download or through our website and provide the issue. You can even snap a picture in the app, and it gets automated to the right person in the city. Or you can always pick up the phone and call. So is that an anonymous call? Is that neighbor going to know that you were the snitch? The neighbor will never know. Okay. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, one thing that we do take pride in in Clovis is that neighborhoods taking care of themselves and talking to their neighbors about issues they have. So, you know, that's something that we also hope for and that people can resolve their issues before they come to us. I'm glad you brought that up because if we're going to rely on government to take care of it because we're afraid to communicate, then that's not good. So the more we can do as residents to address issues on our own, the more resources will be available for other things in the city to make our community better. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, here's a good one. A neighbor called me the other day and said, hey, you know that new light that you put in uh, outside? Yeah. He goes, it shines right in our kitchen. And the first thing I did is I said, well, thank you for feeling comfortable enough to tell me because that could not have been an easy call. I went out and adjusted the light. I I didn't know. It's a neighborly thing to do. Yeah. So that's communication. We didn't have to get code enforcement involved. Um, You'd hate to have to get involved in that. Um, So, okay. But so I like what you say about pride. That's what drives it. Yeah. And that's really part of the city's staff culture, too. We have a huge amount of pride in our staff for taking care of our parks, our trail system. Old Town Clovis, all the public space that, you know, this is our community and we're invested and here for the long run. You keep talking about how the city council is the one that instills these values. How do they do that? Well, they resource us 
they hold us accountable to them, and uh, they really set the tone. Mm-hmm. Just in the council meetings, uh, how they interact with staff and the public, um, they clearly tell us what the expectations are, and they bring resources to the table when when we need them to make something happen. Mm-hmm. And we've had several of them here on the show with us, and it's always interesting to hear about Clovis. Um, I, and here's a great story. I remember my dad, who's 97 years old, tells a story about how Clovis and Fresno almost went to war back in the uh, in the early 1950s. I said, come on, to war? He goes, oh, yeah, they had to call out the uh, highway patrol. <laughs> but I guess there was a land dispute over there by um, uh, Fresno State and um, who was going to incorporate what. Now, this is my dad. He he, but he does remember everything. So uh, I'm I'm glad that Clovis and Fresno are good neighbors, and 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 soon to be Sanger. Sanger is growing, and Clovis and Fresno are growing out that way. We're going to be a metropolitan area soon. Well, we yeah, are, and working together, you know, all of us are are connected, and everyone's success is ours, and vice versa. So whatever we can do to support each other to reach our region's goals is a huge priority for us. That's important to look at it regionally, not just inside your own city boundaries. Yeah, so. it's uh, it's critical. We don't we're not in a bubble. Uh, you know, we interact with you know, Fresno, obviously, and Sanger, and what's going on in Madera, and down in Visalia, and all of us are in this together of making this valley a great place. So I'm sure Clovis Cole, the guy who the city was named after, he's looking down and he's probably proud. Yep, he's uh, looking at his wheat fields saying, what happened to him? But he's like, look what I started. Oh, no, 3,500 square foot lots? Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) Andy, I want to thank you very much for coming in today and filling our our listeners' um, heads up with with good information on the city of Clovis and and telling us let's be proud of our homes thanks for having me all right thank you and thank you to all our listeners we'll be back next saturday bye-bye